Welcome back to the Almost Shameless podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. And as always, thank you for joining me. It's a casual day. I told you last week we're doing a mailbag. It's going to be a fall themed mailbag. So lots of NFL and some fall themed questions that luckily uh, people submitted in honor of the, uh, the theme of the occasion. So we're chill. I'm in my yoga pants. My hair is up. This is a relaxed week this week. You're not going to get a lot of relaxing in the media, the sort of Boston Patriots centric media you're consuming this week for obvious reasons. The one and two Patriots are preparing to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers two and one heading to Gillette this week. It's going to be the regular season game of the century. I do genuinely believe that uh, this will probably be the most watched regular season game in quite some time. Um, You know, there's no getting around this. The whole country is going to be watching. The whole country is going to be weighing in on this Tom Brady versus Belichick thing. Everything is going to be psychoanalyzed from the crowd reaction to how Mac Jones, you know, looks and acts on the sidelines and how he plays and how Brady and Belichick greet each other at the game. I mean, it's going to be constant. And I know it's exhausting. I know I'm sometimes part of the problem talking about it all the time, but I am obligated to do that. That is part of the job, but I know you guys get tired of it and I totally understand it. It's a very emotional, stressful thing that we're all going through as Patriots fans. And I want to just take a little break from the mayhem. As I said last week, you're going to get all of anything you might need in terms of, you know, pregame prep from other places. And I will just be a source comfort this week. Um, you know, we're just going to be chatting, we're going to be, you know, we'll be hitting on a little Brady Belichick and things like that, because people ask that in the comments and then, um, the submissions for the mailbag, but there'll be other stuff as well. And we won't be getting into any of the drama. We know what happened with the Patriots against the saints. It did not look good. Team's got a long way to go if they want to have any hope of being a playoff team down the line. So, you know, that's a conversation for another day for today. We're keeping it chill. I got uh, a pretty good number of submissions. Um, I'll definitely be able to get through them. Also, if you submitted, your um, question will be read. So thank you guys for doing that. Like I said, it's just uh, it's a chance for you guys to get to know me better. I am recording this earlier in the week than I normally do because I will be uh, away for a destination wedding for about five days uh, from Wednesday to next Monday. So I'm going to be off. I'm not even working during the Patriots Bucks game. So I'll just be free flowing. I will be drinking on Sunday. I will be participating in the mayhem like a normal person versus, you know, splitting my time on Twitter and doing all of my other work. So uh, it should be interesting. I'm not going to lie. Things might get a little rowdy with me on, uh, on social media, especially if I've had some cocktails. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, we're going to just ride it out this week with something light over here on almost shameless. So let's get to it. Hot stuff coming up. Okay, so first up, um, a few, we'll, we'll start with the fall-themed ones. A little more chill. I do get in, you know, there's, like I said, there's some Patriots and NFL-themed questions, some more sports stuff later on, but let's start, kick it off with something easy. What, you know, it's fall, so what is your favorite back-to-school memory? Um, I hate to admit it, but I've been out of school for a long time now. And so, yeah, I do still kind of get that nostalgic uh, back to school thing during fall. We don't get the same sort of back to school weather out in California. It's kind of all the same. It does get, it cools off, which is nice. So of course I use that as an excuse to bust out the fall clothing, but for the most part, it's the same, but I do miss that vibe and back to school. 
So I have to say my favorite back to school memory is picking out my first day back to school outfit. When I tell you that was the most important thing. And I know that this is a universal experience. Like I know guys, girls, the whole thing, like there was something about that first day back to school outfit that just meant so much and like just laying it out, imagining, you know, putting it on and like matching it and like having matching it to my new backpack and whatever it was. Oh my God. It was the best ever. I still have like a huge, um, habit of like picking out my outfits and laying them out before big events. Like I can't, if I have a a meeting or an interview or a recording or going to be on someone's podcast or whatever it might be. And I know I have to have an outfit prepared. Like that thing's, that thing's getting planned out at least the night before, if not like the week before I'm obsessed with planning things out ahead. And so that's clearly carried over into my adult life. I'm sure you guys, you can tell me like back to school outfits were the best, right? Okay. I can't remember if I said who asked that last question first. It was JJ. So sorry if I didn't say that off the top, it was JJ. Next question is from Flannery with three N's. Not sure if the three N's was on purpose or not, but they asked, what is your fave Halloween movie? Uh, Admittedly not a horror movie person. Um, I did watch Get Out because like, how could you not watch Get Out? It was you know, a phenomenon. And everybody told me I'd be able to handle it, even though I hate gore and it's very gory at the end, but, um, not a big horror movie person. So, but Halloween movies are different. Like Halloween movies don't always have to be horror movies and I'm a millennial. So clearly my favorite Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus being rebooted with the OG women, a classic Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, Sarah Jessica Parker mess around so good. It's like, it's, it holds up no matter how old I get. I absolutely love that movie. It's so nineties. It's just so nineties. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple things in there that probably aren't you know, politically correct anymore. Um, but so it goes with anything we love from our childhood. Right. But Hocus Pocus, even like younger generation, the younger generation, Gen Z and like younger millennials who weren't like around for the heyday of that movie have fallen in love with it from it being on TV and on Disney plus and whatever else. Like it's definitely a cultural phenomenon. Um, amazing musical number right in in the middle of it with Bette Midler that you have to like, I mean, I put a spell on you by Bette Midler in that movie is a classic rendition of that song and it's got a talking cat in it. So what more could you possibly want? Oh, here's one. That's a lighter football question related to it being fall. This one is from Vanessa. And she asked, what is your earliest memory of watching and loving football? I can't remember if I answered this in my summer mailbag or not, or if I talked about it on a different podcast, but uh, my first memory of watching and loving football is very distinct. It was the uh, Super Bowl between the Patriots and Packers in 1997. And it was really the first time I sat down and like watched a game with people where, I mean, I don't know if I had sat down and watched a game, like, you know, just as a child before this, but I remember distinctly being like, why am I so invested in this? Like, I'm really invested in this. I can't believe how much I care. And I was like a little kid. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was just the start of something really special. Little did I know it would not be long until football was a part of my life in a way that I could never have imagined. You know, this was back in the day when Brady was just a twinkle in our eye, a young Michigan man. I I hated Brett Favre for a long time as a, as a young woman because of that Super Bowl. And uh, now I still hate him because I'm an adult and he sucks. So, you know, 
I obviously had good instincts as a child. Yeah, I think that's like one of my earliest sports memories in general. And I will never forget it. I'll never forget being stunned at how much I cared about sports. My sister actually submitted this question. My sister, Angel, uh, you always got to get the family mailbag questions in when you have a young and up and coming podcast, I suppose. Um, And she asked apple cider or pumpkin spice and then put in quotations for all the basic bitches out there. So uh, if you like either one, apparently you're basic. I thought about this because I'm not like a huge obsessed with pumpkin spice person. I don't like look forward to the pumpkin spice latte or anything. Like usually when I'm drinking coffee in the morning, it's just a cold brew with a little almond milk. Like I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. I try to intermittent fast um, because I'm not a hungry person in the morning. Like I don't eat breakfast or whatever. So it just kind of works with my schedule. So if I'm going to do it, I don't want to like break the fast in the morning with my coffee. So I just drink, you know, coffee with no calories in it because it just doesn't count um, as breaking my fast. It works. I don't know. I don't ever recommend like, you know, diet things to anybody. It's not really a diet. I eat whatever I want. I just eat it in a specific time of day. Um, But when I can put something in my coffee, like if it's later in the afternoon or I go um, out like later and get a second coffee or whatever it is, I do like to do like a chai or pumpkin spice or something like that, like add it in with some almond milk, like something a little more fun. And so like, I think I would have to lean toward pumpkin spice because I can put it in coffee and like muff. There's like pumpkin muffins, like pumpkin spice muffins at Dunkin' Donuts that I actually really like. They're so sweet. So I feel like I lean more toward pumpkin flavored things in general, but I'm from new England fall capital of America, right? Like the autumnal capital of America. So like, I do love a good apple cider as well, a hot apple cider on a cold night with the cinnamon sticks or a, um, an alcoholic apple cider, which I've made for a few holiday parties. That is like so good. It's so good. If you make um, like a spiked apple cider with like orange and cranberries and cinnamon in it. Oh man, I'm having a hard time deciding, but I think I'm going to go with pumpkin spice just because it is more of a universal thing that I can incorporate into like coffee and like treats versus like something that I would have very occasionally really put a lot of thought into that. I don't think it required that much thought, but this is my life being a Libra. I just can't give any, I have to weigh all sides. I have to weigh all sides. You're going to give me two. I'm going to go pros and cons on both. Bet online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, and Greg V emailed and asked, who is your dream starting lineup in football? So I could take that into contest, like as it being a, like an all-star lineup of like players across the league or a dream lineup of like all-time Patriots because they're my favorite team. Uh, in this particular situation, I feel like I don't have to like build a all-star team. Like they do that every year, all pro and 
pro bowl teams and all that stuff. So I have to do my, my Patriots lineups. And that's like, I'm not going to name 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense, but I will tell you the players that have to be out there regardless of era. Okay. Regardless of era that you played, you know, watched whatever. So number one, obviously is Tom Brady. Number two, obviously is John Hanna. One of the greatest offensive linemen of time, all time. He has to be there. Obviously for kicker, you got to go Adam Vinatieri. It pains me to leave out poor Steven, but Adam made the bigger kicks in the bigger moment. So you have to have Adam Vinatieri. Defensive end, I got to go Richard Seymour. Should be a hall of famer. Running backs to me are up for debate. Defensive backs. I mean, you got to put Devin McCourty in there because of the era that he played in and how important he's been to the dynasty. Wide receivers, up for debate. Gronk at tight end, of course. Um, linebackers, you got to put Teddy Bruschi in there. Not always the most talented, but like too important to team chemistry to leave him out, you know? Those are the ones that I feel like you have to keep, you have to put on an all-star team of Patriots, all-time Patriots, off the top of my head. I did not read this question before. I'm reading them kind of as I go. I've compiled them all and just put them into a list. So I really didn't have it fully planned out, but those are who I thought of off the top of my head. Um, you can add more in the comments. I'm sure I totally forgot somebody, but you know, these are just, it's just, it's casual. I'm not, I'm just not taking it too seriously today. Okay. My guy, Kenny, he always submits for the mailbag. Love Kenny. He said he has two, a two-part question. Always going to take your shot. If you can get the two questions in and you can. So uh, first one was thoughts on Brian Danielson's match with Kenny Omega from last week. So Kenny knows I love the WWE. I love watching WWE wrestling. Um, obviously very brand loyal to Fox Sports and SmackDown, but I also watch Raw and keep up, you know, on all the crossover storylines and things like that. And of course, the pay-per-views. So I'm very enmeshed in that world. And I, Kenny knows this. So I think he asked me this question to try to force me to watch the Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match. Uh, because he's been begging me to watch AEW for like a while now. Um, AEW, all elite wrestling, totally different brand, um, but lots of former WWE wrestlers, uh, NXT guys, all these, you know, lots of superstars. CM Punk is over there now, obviously Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson over there now. It is, uh, it's a great product and they're really pushing WWE to compete. And I love that. I love that they're pushing WWE and that there's competition. And I will be tuning in to AEW when I finally have the time to do it. But Kenny knows this. I don't watch. And so I did not watch the Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match. And I was tempted to watch it ahead of this. And because this was the only question that was submitted on Twitter, like in my comments, I actually read it and had to save it. And so I was tempted to watch the match just to like, give my two cents, support my guy, Kenny on here, give him, you know, give him a little, but I know he knew what he was doing when he asked the question. And so I'm, you know, I didn't have time to watch it. I think I might though. I think maybe like, you know, if someone's going to try this hard to get me into something, I will give it a shot. I know I'm going to love it. Like, I don't have any questions about whether I will like love the wrestling or the characters or whatever. Um, it's just a matter of time management. I know in order to be really in the wrestling scene, I have to immerse myself into AEW sooner than later. So maybe this is the match that gets me through the door. I see what you did there, Kenny, and I appreciate it. His second question was 
Uh, why does football have a completely different rule book for the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarters? All right. So obviously the two minute thing started literally back in the day, just because they wanted to like warn players that there was two minutes left in the quarter, in the halves. And then at the end of the game, there are these little uh, quirks in clock management stuff, like the 10 second runoff and the way you can handle replays, the way you can handle uh, player injuries and use timeout and how timeouts are allotted because of player injuries, because they're trying to prevent teams from watering down the final two minutes as a game that's very reliant on how the clock is managed. And so if you don't start to put in specific stipulations, um, the timeouts and the injuries and the stopping of the clock and everything else plus replay would start to get so convoluted because both teams would be trying to find these little loopholes at the end of games. And it would just prolong. It would get so messy. You know, every sport for the most part has these like little quirks in the way things happen as you get either toward the end of the game or the end of the half or whatever else stuff that's going to sort of maintain the integrity of the game. And that's all it is. I, I understand that there are some things that are uh, not ideal with the replay from the booth situation. And whenever you have people who have to make uh, big calls and those things are going to inevitably be subjective because it's human beings making the calls, there's going to be issues, but I don't hate it. It never, it doesn't usually affect a game, the game for me. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, it really is just about protecting the integrity of the game in those moments where the shorter things get, just like the shorter that the field gets for players who are out there, the shorter the time gets, things get more complicated and you have to have things in place, rules in place to mitigate shenanigans that are going to make us deal with like what we deal with in the NBA, where the last two minutes of a game can end up lasting 15, 20 more minutes between commercial breaks and everything else. It's brutal to watch. And I'm glad that the NFL in some capacity is able to manage it. This final question is from Ron and it's really interesting. If you compare Tom Brady to every other quarterback in the history of the NFL and then compare Bill Belichick to every other coach in the history of the NFL, is one clearly further ahead than his peers? And while both of them I think are ahead of their peers, I do think Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL head coach of all time. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I have no problem saying that Tom Brady is definitely further ahead of the pack in terms of his overall career and legacy from other NFL quarterbacks. Um, Bill Belichick has six rings as a head coach, two rings as a defensive coordinator. He coached in that 1996 season Super Bowl with the Patriots as the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach with Bill Parcells. So that's another Super Bowl. And then of course the three other Super Bowls that he coached in that they lost with the Patriots. And so all in all, he has coached in 12, I believe 12 Super Bowls, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and as far as like his mind and his impact on the game and over the course of 20 years, his longevity, the importance of maintaining that relationship with Brady, as long as he did really helped to turn the Patriots organization into a premier organization in the NFL he is as important as any NFL coach that has been out there, but he, the separation, as Ron put it, between him and the next guy, whoever you think that might be, it to me is not as big as it is between Brady and whoever you think the second best quarterback is. If you think it's Joe Montana, if you think it's Peyton Manning, if you think it's Aaron Rodgers, if you think it's Dan Marino, I don't know, whoever it is that you think is like the most talented or the greatest of all time. Tom Brady has just blown them out of the water. 
And he's just blown them out of the water. You cannot play in 10 Super Bowls as a quarterback, play, be in your prime in your early 20s winning rings and be in your prime at 43 winning rings. It's too much. I mean, he is truly like, he's starting to separate himself from other goats at this point. Like he's starting to separate himself from the Michael Jordans and the Tiger Woods and those kinds of players because of his longevity and how long he's been doing it and how consistent he's been in doing it for so many years at a position that nobody's ever had. They've just never done it. Nobody's ever done it. Other coaches have won six rings. Yes. It may have been in a different era of football, but they did do it. Nobody in any era of football has done what Tom Brady is doing. And really there haven't been many athletes to play this long at this high of a level. I mean, in individual sports, you can have guys, you know, like there've been you know, golfers or tennis players or whatever, like Roger Federer has been good for a long time, but it's still not like Tom Brady. Like it's still what he's doing at his age after starting his career, winning a Super Bowl and just consistently doing it over and over again. I think it just separates himself. I think it separates him more from other quarterbacks and frankly, other athletes, other greatest of all time than Belichick has in separation from other coaches. I think Belichick is the latest chapter in, in many evolutions of the sport. He's contributed so much to the evolution of the sport, um, particularly in team building and cap management and in even like GM stuff, which really isn't traditionally part of what these coaches did. And, uh, and, and he's done that, but the separation between him and whoever you think the second or third best coach, second and third best coaches are in the history of the NFL um, is definitely closer than Brady and number two, you know, it's Brady. And then it's a distant second. Whereas Belichick is Belichick. And the second is, you know, much closer. And I think I honestly, I honestly think that Belichick would agree with me. He would never say that because he would never self-assess in that way, but I think he would agree with me. Okay. That's it for mailbag questions. That was fun. We kept it light this week. Obviously things are going to get a little tense over the rest of the next week and into Sunday and Sunday night. Don't feel bad. If you're, if you're excited for it, don't feel feel bad. If you're nervous for it, don't feel bad. If you're not looking forward to it, because it hurts your feelings to see Tom Brady potentially throw a touchdown to Gronk in another uniform in Gillette stadium. However, you're feeling about this. It doesn't mean anyone else has to feel the way you feel. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong for feeling the way you feel. It's a weird thing. No fan base has ever really gone through this, especially not in the NFL. It is a one-of-one situation. It is not for any other fans of any other teams to tell you how to feel don't let anyone tell you how to feel about this game. Uh, just watch it the way you're going to watch it. Enjoy it the way you're going to enjoy it. Um, I know, you know, Patriots fans want to see the Patriots win. I certainly want to see the Patriots win. You know, I think at this point, that's a bit of a pipe dream, but there are a lot of things to look forward to about the game beyond just how Belichick and Brady interact and what, you know, everybody in the media and people like me and people, you know, out there are saying like, it is going to be a once in a lifetime moment in the league to have these two legends who built the greatest NFL dynasty of all time together back in Gillette. Um, it's, it's momentous. We're going to see highlights of it for years to come. And so just in that moment, take it in and realize that like, there's not a lot of times when as a sports fan where you can watch it and be like, this is a huge deal. This is something that's never happened before. And we know it's about to, like, we know it's happening. We know it's going, it's coming. And we may never see anything like this again. It's highly unlikely we ever do. So 
regardless of whether it's, it's bittersweet or it's exciting or however you feel about it, I encourage you to take the time to really sit in the moment and remember what it felt like to watch these two uh, go head to head for the first time um, after a truly incredible 20 years together. You, you know, at, at the end of the day, he's on our Mount Rushmore and we're going to have to, we're going to have to live through the pain of this weird family reunion with our divorced parents. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it once again. And I will be reveling in the fact that I don't have to work during the game or the next day. So I will be punchy. Um, I hope you guys are there with me. We will be back on a regular schedule the next week. Of course, we'll wrap up how everything goes on Sunday. I'm sure there will be, a, I'll have a lot to say. I, um, I'll be sharing my thoughts. We'll do like a real game wrap up and all that stuff. By then the Patriots will probably be one in three. I'm not cursing them. Who knows? But um, if they are, the season outlook will start to really be forming. And so I want to go from there. I may end up having a guest on that show to help me break it down. So if you guys are interested in having me having a guest on to talk about the Patriots, um, one of the beat reporters, let me know. And maybe I will try to make that happen. Enjoy your fall weather and your fall treats. Get your pumpkin spice lattes. Get your apple ciders. Pop in Hocus Pocus if you've never seen it. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.